Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I am Francine Belay, your host, digital strategist specialized in corporate and personal branding. I am also a speaker and author of the book, Personal Branding in the Digital Age, How to Become a Noon Expert, Thrive and Make a Difference in a Connected World. I am super, super thrilled to bring you inspirational stories, strategies, and practical tips to get more meaning in your life, make more money, and lead a movement to change the world. I am on a mission to help you to connect to your true identity, find your unique value, and become a leading voice in your marketplace. Are you finding it difficult to get anything done these days and be productive? Maybe you are unfocused, unorganized and have unproductive days regardless how much you are determined to get things done. I have been working remotely for the last five years and have created two useful tools for you based on my own routine and how the energy flows to avoid being stuck in inertia and get things done easily. So those two tools are the integrated planning map and the daily productivity calendar. When you are using both tools together, you'll get back in flow in no time. So the integrated planning map will actually be able to provide a variety of daily activity that match the natural energy flow to avoid getting stuck in inertia in the first place. With this planning map, you will be able to choose in the five categories, a list of activities to do every day at the right time to be more productive. With the daily productivity calendar, you'll keep in mind your top project for the month, the week output, that you need to achieve to move towards your monthly goals and also your daily priorities. You are going to have all those on a single sheet of paper. You will also access a daily calendar to plan hourly your task and easily block the time you need to accomplish your most important task. So this simple calendar will help you avoid the overwhelm by having in front of you the most important thing you should focus on at any given time. So to access both tools is simple. You go to francinebelay.com slash planner. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash planner. Today, I have the great pleasure to have Jani Duquette with us. She is a former lawyer and then an artist manager who is now the founder of the Academy of Women's Power. And she's also a gender equity expert, an author, a speaker, and the founder of a group Alma Mater, a group of business venture and project that aim to support and develop feminine leadership. And she's going to tell us a lot about that. Uh, Jani also is a powerhouse in Canada, in Quebec. I met her and other fabulous women in Montreal last uh, November at the Women's Summit 4.0. Hi, Jani. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Hi, Francine. Thank you very much for having me. Um, and I say hi to everybody who's listening today <laughs> from Thanks. Montreal, Canada. 
Yes, <laughs> great. So tell us in your own words what you currently do. What do I do? When I try to summarize it in one word, I say I talk. <laughs> I talk mostly about, about what my passion is, is, you know, to try to empower women and to, to help them reach their highest potential. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I was, uh, I became the, pre the president and CEO of a company at the age of 28. And uh, being a lawyer in a big firm in Montreal, I was offered by one of our clients uh, to become the president of an entertainment company. And uh, I quickly realized, be, being a young woman, that uh, getting to a place of power w was not the struggle. The struggle was to stay there mm. and, and not just to stay there, but to thrive in this, this position as I, and I realized that because, you know, I had a lot of struggle and I had a lot of obstacles, uh, right off the bat, you know, but what made it, what made it successful in the long run was the fact that I was, that I was a woman. Mm. The fact that I was a woman in a man's world, I had a different vision. I had a different sensitivities. I could spot artists before my competitors because they were all mostly males of 50-year-olds. So being different was, was a big, big advantage for me. So one day, Having realized that, you know, being in show business for 15, somewhat 15, 20 years being in show business, having realized that when we were the few women that worked in the business, when we got together and when, when we started to talk about what, what we went through together, I felt this so much, so much, uh, so much insight, so much, so much power, but by just exchanging with other women what we were going through mm -hmm. and i realized it was so different than our male counterparts that i that i decided let's all get together and let's share you know what what our life is as leaders in our in our different communities and let's share and let's learn from each other because being a, a woman and a leader uh, i often felt alone and I often felt uh, like everything was my fault. <laughs> and, and speaking to other women, I realized that I was going through the same situations as them and not everything was my fault. It was called double standards. Mm -hmm. And it was called uh, bias. And many things that I started to deconstruct speaking with other women and reflecting mm -hmm. on what I, I was going through. And wanting to create this big event where I wanted to have a lot of women uh, get together and share together. I met with this, uh, with the president of an organization who organizes events, you know, I always think big. So I went to the head of the biggest event organizer in Montreal. I sat down with him and I said, we have to get together women in the business world. We need to talk to each other. We need to learn from each other. And, uh, and he said, okay, so if I organize it tomorrow, who's going to talk? And he said, and what is it? What is the difference uh, in, in women's leadership and men's leadership? Isn't leadership all the same thing? So I started talking, started to explain to him, you know, what are the differences that I had found over the 15 years that I was, I was doing it. 
And when I was finished talking, he said, you know what? Everything you just told me, you should put this in a book. And you should, you should share it with other women. I said, what do you mean? share it with other women. I said, the reason I want to create this gathering is because I need advice. <laughs> yeah. I, don't want to, I, I don't think I can give advice to anyone. I mean, I've, 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 I've encountered every obstacle that there is imaginable. And I felt guilty most of it most of my uh, my CEO life you know but I, I was always trying to find solutions of course you know so he said well to me you know what you just shared with me is a, is what I call expertise because mm. you fell a lot but you got up every mm. time and to me this is called expertise and from that advice from a publisher because he's also a publisher and he oh. said you should write that book so uh at first feeling like a total imposter like I, <laughs> I i wanted the advice of other women i didn't think i could give but he he ignited something when mm -hmm. he he told me that what i had been through could help other women of course and so that ignited something that did not leave me so mm. I, I mean, it took four years for me to reflect, to try things, to propose things, to research and everything. It took me four years to write that book. But once the book was out, um, and also during, I mean, I have to, you only asked me one question and here I am. <laughs> I'm yeah, go on. Hey, what are you doing today? I give conference. Does it show? <laughs> uh, so, but during, during the, during those four years, but very early in my, uh, in my writing and researching for the book, I realized that we were living in a world that was taught of and built by man still. And knowing that, if we, I realized that if women would voice their opinion, would share their vision, would contribute to our world mm. women literally have the power to change the world mm. every woman in every different sphere of, of of work community where they're at the women's vision was something that was never exploited it was it was something that was new and innovating and i said oh my god we need women <laughs> everywhere so when I realized that, that was a very powerful uh, moment, you know, when I gained this insight that all women were sitting on mines of gold mm. that they needed to share with the world. Mm. I, it has that, that moment that I realized I was not just writing a book. Mm. I needed to carry and share that message. With. Yeah, that is uh, beautiful. My gosh, yes, that is a long story, but very insightful. But I'm sure that you're going to share a little bit more uh, about, you know, some of the key moments and what made you, you know, how you realize uh, many different things uh, later on in the podcast. But before we get there, um, can you tell me which job did you want to do when you were a kid? I was always fascinated with show business. I mean, ah. very, very early on, I was fascinated with show business. And I didn't know, 
I mean, I became uh, what we call in French, it's producer, but it's not producer in English, it's executive, an executive mm -hmm. in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, very early on, my passion was, I remember, you know, I think I was about 11 in school. Uh, we had to do a paper, a research, you know, on a subject that we, that, that we were passionate about. And whereas most kids were doing it about a sport or an animal, I, I gave my research was about the incredible success of the TV show, Little House on the Prairie. Oh. And in that research, I made, you know, how much the show cost, how much the actors were paid, uh, what happened when this actor left and we had to change storyline, uh, how much the show was making. I mean, I was fascinated by all that. And, um, and then after that, it, it, I, w I was always uh, very savvy um, on, on charts, music charts, TV charts, movie charts. I mean, it's something that I liked. So I was, uh, show business was really my passion. Oh, super. So tell me, what is one thing that people don't know about you? I know that you talk a lot, you do conferences, you do your live show, etc. What is one thing that many people don't know about you? Hmm. I'm, I, I talk a lot. Uh, I'm very social, but I also enjoy being alone in mm. silence. You know, I never thought that. I mean, you were, I would have told you, I would have told this to myself 15 years ago. I wouldn't have believed me, but, uh, I meditate now. I have a spiritual practice. Uh, I mean, this is, all very part of my life. I don't share it a lot. However, I have started, especially in these days today, I started to share a little more about my spiritual journey because um, it's also part of who I am. Mm. What is this spiritual journey? Hey, just uh, can you touch a bit? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I actually did a TED talk where I broached the subject a little bit. It's called The Real Power of Superwomen. Oh, yeah. I've seen and, the tech talk, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, my grandmother, who's for me as my mother, uh, fell very ill when I was in the middle of my big executive life, traveling the world and meeting all kinds of show business people and galas and everything. So I had this very hectic life and uh, successful business life. Then my grandmother falls ill. And she is uh, in intensive care for 45 days. And uh, being in intensive care for 45 days, you, you don't know from the hour to the next if the person you're waiting for is going to be alive mm. because she was in very critical intensive care. So I'm there, you know, I find time in my crazy schedule where I'm, I think I don't have time at all. Well, I find time in my crazy schedule to go to the hospital every day for 45 days. I sit, sit there, not all day, but I went every day. Mm. And I sit there in the waiting room because we can only see them five minutes in an hour with all people who have the same worry as me, you know, their loved one, might or survive or might not and uh, this is when I was struck you know I had a lot of time to think and I was struck because I was watching people in the hospital you know doctors surgeon um, nurses uh, everybody taking care of people taking care of the hospital you know cleaners and everything and I realized 
And all these people did something that mattered for other people's lives. You know, I mean, I found that what their job was, was so important. And I was looking at my life and I was like, what am I doing for a living? Am I boosting the ego and bank account of, of, of uh, entertainers, you know? Wow, what do I do to contribute to the community, you know? I said, life has, has and made it so I developed certain talents, mm-hmm. you know? And where do I put these talents to use started to become very important to me. And I, I started to have this, this desire to serve something that was bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, throughout this, 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 this journey with my grandmother who ended up coming out of intensive care uh, and, you know, um, she, she's, she's passed away now, but uh, she stayed with us for another five years after that event. And um, I made this realization that I wanted to serve. Mm. And, uh, and I started to think about what's larger than us and what's guiding us and this yeah. force that is good. How can I, can I align with that force in order to do some good? Mm-hmm. I was there in my life. So uh, I started say, pre- Would you say that it was during that moment at the intensive care with your grandmother and, um, you know, going through your life and things like that, that you really realize who you are and what you're meant to do in this life? I think that before what I did before, at first I judged myself, you know, when you have this aha moment and you realize, oh my God, I can serve, I can be of use and I can contribute and help people, you know, that's so much more useful than creating entertainment for them. But at the moment where I did, at first I judged myself, oh my God, what I was doing, didn't, didn't serve anything. But then I said, you know, I learned a lot doing that. I, I was doing exactly what my heart and my gut was leading me to do. You know, I've been very, very lucky in that part of my life. You know, I, I don't say I didn't have struggles, I did. But as far as my professional life, I've been lucky because I were, always worked at fascinating jobs, you know, that I, that I liked. And uh, so what I did before was what I was supposed to do. But when I learned doing, you know, being this executive producer and and artist manager, I'm trying to put it to use for women now. You know, if I didn't learn all that, I could not help as much as I'm able to help right now. You know, because right now what I want to do is turn women, entrepreneurs, inventors, uh, professional women into rock stars. Mm. And if I can do that, and if I can de- help them thrive, well, you know, that's, that, makes me, that makes me happy. And I learned all that in show business. Super. So tell me, actually, what did you struggle with the most in life? Growing up? I mean, uh, my teenage years were very difficult. And I say it, I, I wrote a second book uh, called Faire une femme de soi, and it's in French, but uh, where I, I talk about my entrepreneurial journey, 
you know, because my first book was more about women's leadership. I examined mine and other women's leadership. And it's, it's like a 14 step book. But the second book was more my entrepreneurial journey. And having a teenage years where I'm not going to go into details because I've never been, I've never went there. But what I can tell you is that not knowing where I was going to sleep, not knowing whether I was going to eat has been something that I've learned to, that I live very early in life. And in those years where I dealt with those insecurities and I having to find ways to survive, um, both, both economically and emotionally, uh, prepared me so much for entrepreneurial life. And for entrepreneurial life, you know, that's what I say right off the bat. If I didn't have, if I didn't go through all this, I mean, I, I went through some struggles as an entrepreneur that it didn't make me lose my balance. It didn't make me lose my, my confidence because I had been out of big struggles before. And I knew that this was temporary. I knew that I could find solution. And I knew that I would find a way to get out of a difficult situation because I've lived through that before. So... I mean, I see it as a plus. Yeah, so that's uh, wonderful. So tell me, um, I was going to ask you, obviously, how your childhood has prepared you to become who you are today, but I'm seeing that already, you know, what you've shared actually has modeled you into, you know, your entrepreneurial spirit and what you are actually contributing today. So now let's dive into uh, the money aspect of uh, this uh, conversation. And, um, and also trying to understand your group Alma structure and your business model. How does it work? How does all those different businesses that you have, how does it work together? Well, I mean, I work in partnerships, you know, I develop partnerships with, uh, I mean, I was doing a big show for International Women's Day. I did a partnership with, with an entertainer here, uh, a comedian, a woman comedian who's also a writer. And we did that show for three years and presented it. So it was a partnership with her. So that was stage. And then, uh, then as for conferences, I, um, I have different partnerships with either enterprises or um, organization uh, in order to present my conferences. I now have developed uh, what I mostly uh, devote my time to right now is I've developed a program to support women's employees within the organizations. So because as an employer, we want to make sure that our women have the structure and the support they need in order to stay um, in, in the organization. Because right now, you know, uh, it, is, it is an issue. Are we able to keep our employees? Are, are we able to support them in order for them to thrive in the organization? And now that, pe that people have finally realized that women have a harder life than men, you know, a harder professional life than men because women have three jobs. They don't have one. They have three jobs. They, are, they, they work, they have, they have to be a mom, and they have to be a spouse as well. So they, they always go at 300%. You know, I, they're, it's like they're on the, on the highway at 300 kilometers an hour. 
if they continue at that pace, when they start working, they're going to hit a wall very early on in their professional life if they don't have proper support and don't make proper plans. Because the risk of women leader, even women leader in high position, is opting out, burnout. Uh, of course, you're going to burn yourself a lot quicker than men if you have three jobs at the same time, as you, if you give it your all all the time, if you don't strategize. You know, this happened to me and this can happen to other women. And now what I want to help them uh, is to prevent that. From How happening. is it being received by employers? Um, Great. You know, we did the beta. We started the beta uh, in, in, uh, in January. And uh, I mean, the impact it has on women is amazing. Because, I mean, I didn't expect to have such impact. Because within the organization, imagine I, I, we get in, you know, me and my, and my, uh, my colleagues, mm -hmm. we get in and we meet the women who have been chosen to have, you know, this, uh, this program of support with the employer. Mm -hmm. And when we explain what's going to happen and when, when we explain why we're there and we explain, you know, that we're there to help them, most of them started crying. Really? Most of them started crying. I didn't expect that. A room full of engineers, you know, women engineers. And, I, and, and they start crying and they're so grateful and, and they can't believe it's offered by the employer. Mm. And they can't believe that they're going to be paid to get the support. Because what we've developed is something that it's not going to be, it, it's, it's flexible and it's not too time consuming. I mean, mm. I've convinced employers that it's going to be a lot better for them you know yeah. they're gonna be winners in the long run yeah. and the impact it has you know because we go I mean a, a lot of it is online but a lot of it also is we go there to meet yeah. them and uh, we realize the impact that we have on these women's lives you know and just see mm. what what uh, what this support can provoke transformation and I mean, if we can help women stay uh, in, 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 in a great job for a long time that's, and having a great life at the same time, I mean, yeah. that's our ultimate goal. That's great. So one of the topics you also are passionate about, I know, is uh, about women still, um, women entrepreneurs, is that you also are passionate about helping women stop volunteering and asking for services and instead go out there and really uh, charging for their money. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I have also like women listening to this program who actually might want to understand how to stop because again, we're in the money part and um, it's also about empowering people when you are living a meaningful life. It's about how you can also negotiate, how you can um, get in pay what you worth or what you want. Can you tell us more about that? I mean, it's a, it's a struggle. It's a struggle for many women in many different industries. I mean, I mean, we've been, we've been, it's like we've been programmed to say yes all the time, you know, to say yes in order to, to climb up into the organization and the professional world. We say yes all the time. And it is true. We have to work twice as hard as our male counterparts to get, to get the promotion. And it is true. We always say yes. And, and we, and we get, you know, the professional recognition we want, we want by saying yes all the time. 
But when we go out of these structures and we start businesses, let's say, or we, we decide, you know, we're going to be our own boss. Now, we always want to give more, give more, give more, but without getting, getting paid in return. This giving, this giving more doesn't work because some people take advantage of this. You know, women doing volunteering work. I mean, our, our, our communities are built on women giving their time for free. You know, let's just think of all the nuns, you know, that were do, working the hospitals, the education system, the social system, and they were all, they were all not paid. You know, the social structure was built on women giving their time for free, taking care of kids for free, taking care of the work at home for free. So we have a lot of this in our DNA. We have a struggle with money that's not entirely our own fault. So, I mean, at one point, you have to decide that you're going to be unpopular. You might be unpopular by saying, I work, my work is worth a lot. My time is worth a lot. Uh, I deserve to be paid. I mean, you start by paying others. I mean, even to, uh, you, I myself, you know, want to, if I, if I, if I have colleagues, I will, I will try to pay. I mean, I, I have, <laughs> I have a radio show where I actually pay people to work with me more than I am make because I want, I mean, I get, I get the promotional value that the radio show gives me, but I, uh, I, I want to pay people and I, I encourage women to, to, to learn how to value their work by ask, you need to learn to ask for money. Yeah. I love that. You need to learn to ask for money. Great. Yeah. So now let's talk about building a movement. Which movement are you leading or would like to lead or be part of? I, I'm a, I try to support as many movements that as I can, you know, being an author, you know, I wrote, I wrote a few books and I try to promote women, but mostly I try to do with my radio show. And when I do a lot of, uh, you know, Facebook Live or online work, I try to promote other women. So I view myself as a electron libre. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to say that in English, but... <laughs> I don't know if uh, there's any uh, equivalent. Uh, I'll find uh, it, I'll find uh, it, but... Yes. I, so I view myself as I try to give light and support to many different movements and, and many... Um, and many different women, you know, mm -hmm. and I, you know, one thing we didn't broach is how, how invested I am too in supporting women in diversity. Mm -hmm. I think uh, women who come from, you know, diversity have to face double, double standards, mm -hmm. you know, where we have to fight double standards. I mean, you have double, double standards and I get involved in many different movements with women in the, the diversity world. Okay, briefly, what did you learn, would you say, from all your experience that we will want to most transmit to others? I mean, a trick, I'll give you a trick. Mm -hmm. If ever you raise an idea or raise a point or if you notice something and you voice it and somebody tells you, what do you mean? It's never been done or it's never been done that way. That's your call to action. 
in anything you do because right now what you what you view how you feel who you are as a woman is is an incredible power an incredible potential because what you see and perceive can change the world so we need it so i mean tr trust the fact that what you have inside you is a mine of gold and that your contribution each and every woman that listens to me right now your contribution could make great things in this world super great and the so, second thing that yeah. i want to tell you yeah. that that's that's very uh, important to me too sometimes it's not about what you do sometimes it's about who you are if you are uh, um a compassionate present if you are a, a, um, a, a woman with lots of love uh, with if you take care of who you are just sitting in a room you make people feel better and and taking care of one child is changing the world one person at a time So it's not about it's not always about being president of a of a company or or prime minister of a country. Sometimes your love, who you are, your delightful presence is changing the world. Good, that's a super advice. What would you say is your definition of meaningful work and meaningful life? When it's based on on compassion on your heart on your heart's desire or when it makes you feel good it's probably close to what you're meant to do you know it's all about the flow i don't know if you know this concept of the flow but yeah. uh, it's something you create and you're good at and that contributes to the world so it's it it's basically knowing what's in your heart and getting to know yourself knowing what's in your heart and following that that's super so can you share some resources that our listeners should absolutely know about uh, to live uh, uh, you know their best life now silence more silence i mean what i'm here to do is help you make better decision for yourself you know if i if i if i coach or if i do conferences or Um, what I try to help women do is to make the best decisions for themselves. And in a, in a world where we are so solicited, solicited by lots of things, more silence, more self-awareness, uh, do more things you love. It's so important. Do more things you love because your inner compass is triggered by love your intuition, what's good for you, what's going to guide you through what you're supposed to be doing is fueled by love. So do things you love, love, silence, take care of yourself, move a little because the body is all, it's not about, it's not only about mind, it's about body too. Body has to be aware as well. So, I mean, it's going to sound cliche, but so... That's the basis of everything, triggered by love. So do things you love. Super. And love. <laughs> That's great. How can people reach you, actually, if uh, they want to reach you and know a little bit more about what you're doing? 
Uh, you can find me on, I have a website, jenlipsget.com. I can send you the link. Uh, also on LinkedIn, I receive a lot of, uh, of, I have a LinkedIn and also on Facebook, I'm there. So I'm very active on social media. So uh, do not hesitate to write me, reach me if I can help uh, women, you know, thrive and change the world. That's what I'm here to do. That is beautiful. I'm so grateful for your time today in this podcast so much. Uh, uh, thank you for sharing all your wisdom and your gem with our listeners. And I'll see you soon. Thank you, Francine. Thank you for the work you do. And thank you for empowering and giving light to lots of women uh, as well. It was a pleasure to meet you in person. It's a pleasure to see you again today. And I can't wait to see you again. Yes, me too. I'll speak soon. <laughs> thank you. If you are ready to discover how to develop your unique value and become a leading voice in your industry in today's fast-moving marketplace, make more money and make a bigger impact, I invite you to book a call with me today to discuss your objectives at francinebelli.com slash call. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash call. Thank you for listening. The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work and Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelli.com slash podcast with all the references and the resources shared on this show. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to show your love and support, share it with your friends and colleagues on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Make sure also you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes and leave me an honest review because it will mean that I will be able to touch more people who are going to be able to see this podcast in front of them. I will see you next week for another brand new episode of this season six. Until then, dream, act, and make an impact. Lots of love.